Salutations! <laughs> welcome to the 27th episode of the In the House podcast, the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and Ooh. I am... Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I am really pleased to be here this evening. Uh, we're coming off of a tough loss. Uh, if there are any uh, audio problems tonight, that's uh, don't adjust your screen. My voice is on the fritz tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best, but it's on the fritz. I may have yelled too much at an Australian keeper and at uh, various unpleasant officials last night at the uh, Toronto FC2 game. Uh, we will get into great, great mm -hmm. detail about our... Uh, displeasure with uh, both the referee's performance and our own. But in order for us to be able to do that, I'm going to have to have some supporting cast here because uh, with my voice being what it is and my idiocy being what it is, I'm going to need a team. And uh, the, the main, the, my main man, my hetero life partner, he's, he's here tonight. He's hosting tonight. I appreciate it. I appreciate him. Hey. It's Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy. Nice. Andy. Nice. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you, too. Thank you, Ty. I just want to say thank you, Ty, for knowing to clap yes. at the beginning of the show because probably about 75% of these podcasts, uh, you can hear me say, you have to clap. It's time to clap. You got <laughs> to clap. You got to clap. You got to clap. Jerry, so come thank on. Thank you for, for just knowing that. Well, um, I had to get a woo in there, too. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah, a good word. Yeah, so I want to. Uh, before we welcome our guest, I want to give a little credit to him. Uh, our guest tonight was the first person, the first person, who is not a member of Scouse's House or a family member of someone in Scouse's House right. to actually tell me they listen to this podcast. Yeah. The first one. Yes. Of all yeah. of the people. And it turns out, I mean, I have some statistics that show that we're not speaking to nobody, but still... It was <laughs> close. The first, the first person who actually said, "Hey, I really enjoy the podcast," or "Hey, your podcast is terrible, but I have to listen to City." Uh, our guest tonight is a uh, a proud dad. He is a uh, important lawyer in town. He <laughs> Maybe is the uh, most important. Let's well, not. He, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. He <laughs> is a soccer fan. He is a soccer player. And uh, he is an investor in the team, which uh, I think everybody can say thanks for. Yeah. But uh, it's Tyson Smith tonight. Ty, welcome Ty. to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Thank well, you for having a cool name. Really? <laughs> I, like, I, I like that it's spelled with an E, man. That's, uh, yeah, it's my dad's name. It's my middle name. And, um, yeah, it's, well, it is really name? cool. It's Daniel Tyson. Okay. So, it rolls off the tongue really well, too. Yeah. Well, see, and he went bolder than I did because my dad also has an unusual name. And it is also my middle name, but I went by my actual first name. My, <laughs> What's the middle name? My middle name is Gobel, G-O-B-L-E. My father is Gobel William Floyd III. Oh, and uh, a cool my mom loves me, or I would have been Gobel William Floyd the fourth. <laughs> so, no, um, Ty, you come to all the games. I see you tailgating before all the games. Mm -hmm. You're a super fan. You bring the kids. You've got a tailgate crew 
that numbers in the dozens most yes. weeks. Yeah. And uh, we are really excited to get your take on how you feel the team's doing and what, what you want to see done better, what you think couldn't possibly be done better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for us to get into that kind of conversation, you gotta you gotta know what you're talking about. You gotta you gotta have a you gotta have a thought process. And my thought process is we should either talk about a game review or a game preview. And in order to do that, we're gonna well, need you to talk. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna have to introduce. Uh, where is Andy broadcasting? Oh my, oh my goodness! God. See, this is why he's a scouse's house. This is why he is an in-the-house Ty, do you just want the show? Like, yeah. do you just want to take it? <laughs> Welcome to In the House with, with Ty. Ty. <laughs> I, 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 I want the listeners to know that Andy's somewhere nice. I'm sure we're going to hear about it. But I got stuck in here with a ball python. <laughs> so There is, in fact, a, uh, a five-and-a-half-foot snake just, you know, inches from but us But she right is now. a sweetheart. I just want to put that out there. But he's right. I got so distracted by welcoming my co-host and uh, describing all of his many wonderful qualities that yeah. I forgot. Many's a strong word. I forgot to tell everybody where he's from, and that's a first for us. That is. So uh, tonight, coming to us live yeah. from a rollerblading only skate park <laughs> in Pensacola, Florida. Rollerblades only. Only rollerblades. So here's the problem. A. Uh, Pensacola sucks. This place is Oof. terrible. Okay. Uh, B, I brought a skateboard. Oh, so they're giving you a hard time. Yeah. And I also brought my wheelies, though. Yeah. And they said that doesn't count as rollerblades. Sure. So I, they're purists, They're man. really pissed at me. Mm-hmm. Like, real mad at me. But at least the weather's nice in Florida. I mean, kind of. Except for all that humidity. Uh, kind of. Yeah. It's not, I mean, nice, you can live in it. Andy is Andy is actually a former Florida native, and he can officially make fun of Florida the yes. same way anybody can make fun of anywhere they've previously lived. Yeah, yeah. If anybody ever asks you, hey, do you want to go live in a state where it's going to be 90 and above all the time, except for about an hour every single day when it storms unimaginably? Yeah. Just say no. Okay. Just don't do it. Just just say no. My parents ignored that advice. And your Indeed. father is about to ignore he's about that advice. To. Well, it's for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Frank heading down to Florida. He's he's got he's got goals. He's got <laughs> targets down there. Yeah, Frank is a uh, Frank is a man with a plan. Frank, Frank is a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard all about him. Who hasn't? Uh, all right, but now that we know where Andy is coming from, now that we know that uh, Ty understands the majesty of Frank Frederick, <laughs> I, think, I, I think now we can safely toss a coin. So, Ty, if you will please do us the honor. Sure. We have got a Tails, and I'm glad it's a Tails. I always slightly prefer doing the reviews first because it just makes sense chronologically. But also, yeah. I like that it's a Tails because... We're coming off of, since our last podcast, two games. Yeah. And they were two games that were diametrically opposed to one another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we played as well as Lou City has ever played mm-hmm. in a 6 to nothing win over Richmond. And we played as poorly as Lou City has ever played in a 4-1 to loss against two. Toronto. <laughs> so let's start with the good so we can start raising spirits and then we'll crush them by talking about the bad. Okay. Uh... Six nothing. I mean, yeah. Is there anything that you need to say beyond the scoreline to understand the depth of that game? No, I mean six nothing. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't against like. I mean, they weren't. Well, they're not the best, but like. No, they're bad. Richmond's bad. Still though, they're yeah. Not, 
They're not Toronto. They're playing at home. Yeah, it was a home game. I thought uh, the attack looked crisp. I thought that in that particular game, we got a bunch of guys on the scorecard, which mm-hmm. felt great. Uh, spread it out a little bit. I know Luke got two. Cam got two. Mm-hmm. George got one. Uh, rookie sensation, Jose Carranza. Jose Carranza! One day Lance is going to let me do that. Yeah, be- <laughs> I, went, I went up and visited him in the press box because I was going to specifically ask him if I could announce Jose Carranza's name, but then Jose wasn't playing. So uh, I, I did. I gracefully uh, did not ask Lance to announce somebody who wasn't playing. No, they looked great. I mean, it's not in, you know, not even just that we were better than they are. Like, they sure. looked like they had a very specific... Um, energy to them yeah you know what I mean and you once you one goal awesome two goals you start kind of a, a, a domino effect of positive energy in a team I think well and one thing you got to remember is that we are Blue City is much like uh, gremlins you don't want to get them wet yeah. and uh, the sprinkler going off in the third minute got our boys <laughs> all wet about that. and then they were angry poor George and, just <laughs> caught the middle of these two sprinklers <laughs> Uh, Ty, I've been, I was in that game specifically, I was really encouraged by the two new signings. Uh, how do you feel, uh, Coach Hack's uh, two, two kids coming onto the squad have really affected our energy? Man, I thought they've done, they've done great. I, my takeaway in that Richmond game was I, every time I was at, uh, a 40th birthday at uh, Mile Wide and they put the game on, it was on the Big Fox, as I yeah. call it, 41, so it was really cool. To watch it there, and I was kind of in and out. But every time I came in and watched for two to four minutes, we did not give up the ball. Yeah, we had the ball the entire time, and I think a lot of that has to do with you know the young with young Carranza kids and Sands Sands in the middle, and Carranza was doing well. Yeah, and, I think we had seventy-eight um, percent. Yeah, I mean, it, upwards of over seventy-five yeah. percent possession in that game. So. Uh, the midfield did great in that game, controlling the pace, controlling what we wanted to do with the ball. We were playing the ball on the ground. Yeah. We were playing the ball around the park. Uh, everybody was getting touches on yeah. offensive possessions. Absolutely. It wasn't uh, you know one ball and then somebody makes an amazing move and scores a goal. This was this was some really nice possession play. I particularly loved George's goal, getting to see uh, George. Uh, take the flick on. So Ilya makes the, I think it was Ilya made the pass and uh, Cam flicked it on over the back of his head. George takes it off the chest, one perfect touch, and then just cranks it into the back of the net. It was great looking teamwork. It was well designed. I liked everything about it. Uh, Seeing uh, Sands and Carranza both having such an impact was awesome. I think to me... And we'll get to this next with Toronto. I think to me the key with James Sands is that he can't be a possession midfielder right now. I don't think that that's his style. I think I don't think that that's what he's good at. Yeah, right. he may one day be phenomenal at it. He may three weeks from now be phenomenal at it. I hope that he's still with the team in three weeks yeah. and we get to find out. But uh, the one thing I notice is that it's Paolo and Speedy's team in the middle of this field. Yeah. In my in my opinion. Cam scoring goals is great, but we've seen Chandler Hoffman score goals. Mm-hmm. We've seen Matt Fondy score goals. We've seen Luke Spencer score goals. You don't the the finishing is a byproduct of the system that we play, and yeah. then having a quality guy up there to do it. The team to me is Paco, 
to Paolo and Speedy in the middle. That those three players really dictate everything for us. That Paco is the better uh, outlet passer of mm-hmm. our back line. That Speedy is the better decision maker with the ball about where to go and how to attack. Mm-hmm. And that Paolo then executes that. Yeah. And to me, that is the meat of the team and why we are good at what we do. And it was on perfect display in that game against Richmond where yeah. we got to go wherever we wanted with the ball. Yeah. It's a great feeling. When it, it reminds me of the last pod when you referenced Sands as a stopper. Mm. And I love that because when I grew up playing soccer in Lexington, we had a stopper. Yeah. You know, we didn't have a number eight or a box-to-box midfielder or a pivot midfielder. Right. We had a stopper. Yep. And that's kind of what he... I feel like he he plays that role so well. He does to, to get stuck in, and and be that stopper. That's what yeah. you know. So and we can and frankly, I'd be happy to if this is what you guys want to do. We can talk about how great we looked all night in yeah, that Richmond game. <laughs> and, and like if that's just if we just want to ignore everything that's happened since and just talk uh, more about uh, you know just goal after goal, including Cam's beauty. At this point. And I know that we just saw him clang one off the woodwork. But at this point, when he steps up to the ball from between 23 and 30 yards out, I just think it's going in. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to imagine that the other team is probably like, damn it. God. <laughs> what are we going to do now? There's nothing we can do for this. <laughs> you almost don't want it too close. No. It's got to be. It's got to be. You said that. You said it at the, right. the Toronto game. You are saying close. exactly what I said when he was lining up to take the kick against Toronto, which was right in front of Scouse's house. So we yeah. had a great view of it. Mm-hmm. And you and can see him try to pull he back. He was trying a bit. to scoot back and about two or three yards, wild. and the ref was pointing to the spot like, you're up here. He was actually too close. And I think that the results bore that out. He yeah. got it up and over the wall, but couldn't quite get it back down under I the bar. I think like a foot back, not yeah. even two feet, a foot back, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He's got a that precise at this yeah. point. He does. He really does. And I love, and I loved that he hasn't always gone to the same post with these shots. So he's taken these set pieces, and he doesn't always, you know, whip it over the bo- over the wall and into the near corner. Right. He doesn't always go to the far corner and make the keeper have to try to adjust. He mixes and matches. Yeah. He's a set-piece genius right now. I mean, if you get him the ball between 23 and 30 yards, I legit always think it's going in. That's exciting. Yeah. But you're right. I think you're right about the heart of the team. The way we, the way City goes is with the way Paolo and, and Speedy go. Yeah. The, you know? the middle of that field has to be owned. And in the games we've struggled, it's been that – they have that the opposing team has done a masterful job of mm-hmm. shutting those guys down, whether it's through just relentless pressure or bad field conditions or uh, just saying we're only going to let you go one direction and forcing them either out wide or through the middle. They're great because they can do any of it. Yeah. Uh, it was tough. It was tough going from a 6 to nothing shellacking, coming off of a 3 to nothing game, which, and I know 6 nothing was great, the 3-0 game may have been a better played game. It was against better competition, yeah. and I really thought that we exerted our will wonderfully in that mm-hmm. game against Charlotte. And Richmond, I mean, it was just an embarrassment of riches. It was so many goals. It was great. Coming off of that, 
really feeling like we've got momentum behind us. We've got something special brewing here. The kids are playing great. The guys are getting subbed in and subbed out. They're finally starting to get some rest. You're not having to play guys who are dinged up. Uh, it's felt great. And then, man, we just laid an egg against Toronto. We laid an egg. Mm-hmm. Is there is there another way I can put this, Andy? I mean, is there... No, I mean, the thing is, you can complain all day, and we, you know, we have, mm-hmm. <laughs> about the Bush League refing. Sure. Game. I mean, let's call it what it is. Sure. Bush League, right? Um, you can... At the end of the day, it shouldn't matter if you're if you're a good enough team. I feel like that's something that you should be able to, on some level, kind of deal with. Yeah. Like if you know the refs are just calling a crap game, you should be able to adjust, adjust your game to that, plan, right? Ty, what was your overall impression of the game? I mean, like, what was what was the first when you walked out of there? What were you thinking? Just a perfect storm. Uh, I mean, of everything that could have gone wrong, did. Yeah. You know, we couldn't. I feel like the midfield needs to work on shooting. Mm. You know, we had our chances and didn't put them away. Yeah. And had several missed opportunities. They had. Um, they took their chances. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a little bit out of whack. Um, not as much energy. A new formation. Uh, it seemed like. Um, couldn't put my finger on one particular thing. It just was like I say, a perfect storm. I also, kind of question the subbing. Well, that's getting right into the that's getting right into the crux of the matter, and that's fine. Um, in the post game interview, uh, Coach Hack basically said, "Hey, listen, this is on me. I tried something new tonight. It didn't work. This is my fault. Give me the blame." And a, I like hearing a coach just stand up and say, "I screwed this up." Yeah. Not yeah. the guys didn't do what I thought they could do, and you know I thought I was putting them in a good position to win, but they couldn't execute or whatever. He just said this is on me. I put them in the wrong spots to do what I needed them to do. It was a weird lineup right from go. It was unusual for us mm-hmm. right from the beginning. Starting the game without Paco or Paolo is unusual for us extremely. Yeah. To carry on without Paco and Paolo is difficult enough in the first place. But we played Ilya in the number 10 slot where he's played pretty well. You've got uh, George and Niall playing out wide, and they have done that role really well lately. But the key to me mm-hmm. about playing George and Niall out wide is that you can't treat them like they are speed merchants, because they're not. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm still 100% not calling either of them slow because they're professional freaking athletes and they would, right. run, they would run in circles around anybody that you personally know. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying that in terms of professional athletes, they are not speed guys. No. And the tactic that we used was to play long ball after long ball that night. And those guys, that's not what they are best suited for. And the reason, in my opinion, that we played long ball after long ball is because we didn't have Paolo and Speedy playing in the middle together. You were trying to play James Sands in the middle of the field, and he wasn't playing that stopper role that you you just referenced. He was having to play as a holding midfielder. And I'm not sure he's there yet. He looked lost a couple of times, which we hadn't seen in either of the other games. He looked tired, Mm -hmm. which... 
I'm not mad at him. He's played three games in nine days, and they've given him every minute they can give yeah. him. Because, well, if frankly, if he's leaving after this week, well then, yeah, get as many minutes out of the kid as you can. I don't blame him for playing him. But if you're going to play him, you got to play him in a role where he's designed to succeed. And that stopper role has a lot of autonomy. Yeah. You get to make decisions based on where the ball is. It's not a system position. You don't have to be good at being in the right place at the right time. You've got to react to what the offense is showing you. Right. And he's great at that. He's clearly a natural athlete. He's a, clearly got a good idea what he wants to do when he gets, when the offense presents in front of him and when he gets the ball at his feet. But if you're going to play that holding midfielder role that Paolo usually plays alongside Speedy, it's all about those two knowing exactly where the other guy is going to be at every minute, yeah. knowing exactly what angle to put on each pass to be able to spring the wings, to be able to get Oscar and Kyle out wide to get them the ball in the positions where they can succeed. And I don't feel like he was in those spots throughout the game. He wants to drop back and play that defensive role because it's what he's good at. It's yeah. what he knows. Yeah. And there were dozens of times in that game where I thought that Speedy was on an island in the first half, having to play in the midfield by himself, which is brutally difficult. And instead of having just like a strong two in the middle, what we really had was a 1-1-1. With Sands playing a little behind, Speedy playing the whole middle of the field, and Ilya playing a little deep from the striker. And that's not, we can't just play in a straight line. That's not. And so instead, they're having to play those long balls over the top to the wings. And if you're playing Ownby and Ballard out on the wings, then maybe that works. And they outrun some guys and track them down and make the crosses. But that's not their strength. Both of those guys are great at collecting the ball, cutting in through the middle, making a nice little pass. Mm either inside or back outside to an overlapping wing. They're great at that. Great at it. I love George and Nile. They were not put in a position to succeed last night. No. And Andy's right. That's that's coaching. That's bad substitutions, and it's bad It was planning. weird. And it resulted in the transition game was way off, where mm. we would lose the ball up top. And they'd be off to the races. Yeah. And it looked like there's 30, 40, it was, 40 yeah. yards before I mean, our defense. I mean, two more goals. You know what I mean? Well, and that's where you got into the substitution talk. And you're exactly right. That when they got the ball on the counter, they were deadly. Yeah. And they, listen, they had two chances for the first 65 minutes of the game. They converted both of them. Yeah. And then you're down 2-1. And I understand where Coach is coming from with his plan at that point. We're down goals. We should be better than these guys. I'm going to put on attackers, and we're going to overwhelm them. And so on comes Luke. For the yeah. first time that I can ever remember Luke, Ilya, and Cameron playing at the same time. Ever. I guess Paolo came in first. Yeah, Paolo came well, on. He came in for uh, Speedy. Yeah, but instead of coming on for Sands, now Paolo's stuck as being that one-linking middle midfielder. And I get it. They played a lot of minutes, and those guys are the stalwarts of our team. They've played all year, every minute that we could get them. You're trying to get one of them, you know, a half a rest. Fine. Unfortunately, we didn't have the bodies to do what we needed to do. Right. And so every substitution we made was offensively oriented. Yeah. I think, you know, during the game, I think you put it perfectly. You were like, this is weird. It could work if we hold possession. Like, if we never give up the ball... This could work. Yeah. Because we have all these offensive guys now. If we give up the ball, we've got Tosh. 
Yeah, it was literally one it. center like, back. Okay, well. <laughs> and playing next to Tosh were Oscar and Kyle, who both want to come forward. They're both offensive-minded players. Kyle has been, and I've referred to him this way before, as the Swiss Army knife of our team. He can play anywhere. Yeah. But in his heart of hearts, you can tell he wants to move forward. And Oscar, it's not even like, he doesn't even pretend like he wants to be a defensive no. player. Defensive. A defensive player. He wants to come forward on that wing. Yeah. And so now you've got one true center back in Sean Tosh, who we love Hulk. Hulk is, A, one of the best dudes that we've met. Oh, my God. He's also fun to watch play. He is. He's an exciting soccer player. Uh, He's perhaps a little more error prone than Paco is in the middle. He's more likely to make the spectacular play. Than Paco mm-hmm. is, but he's also more likely to make just a mental, um, have a mental block. And he's definitely not used to being the only center back. Yeah. And uh, so every time they went on the break in the second half after those substitutions, it was, Alexi came off. Yeah, Alexi mm-hmm. comes off, and so suddenly you're left with two wing backs and Sean Tosh. And, uh, you know, so every time they got out on the break, they scored. And I told, I specifically said to Andy, mm-hmm. when the substitutions happened, I turned to him and I said, "This is either we're either going to end up catching them and winning this game, or we're going to lose by four. We only ended up losing by three. But I turned to him and I said that because the team we ran out there was suddenly designed only to score goals yeah. and not to stop them. Yeah. And it happened about two minutes after you said it. <laughs> it was oh, like, gosh. And all of a sudden, it was like, you're just watching it happen, and you're like, oh, my God. Well, let me, can I ask a question? Sure. So, what were you saying to this Toronto keeper Well, that we, caused him to have such a jubilous jubilation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. after so, the goal? Got, it, I wanna, it backfired on us. This I, saw, I saw him going after Scouse's house. Oh, yeah. Here's what I'm going to say about Sewell. <laughs> Here's what I want to say about Sewell. It backfired on us that particular night. He was loving it. It backfired, but call me a crazy person. You're a crazy person. Thank you. But if you're Toronto, Mm -hmm. put yourself in their position. If you're Toronto and you're beating Louisville City. At home. At home. I kind of, I could kind of give him props for turning around to a vicious and energetic fan section and being and doing the Braveheart, doing like, yeah. this is the... I, I enjoyed it. And it's like, you know what? You kind of deserve it. Yeah. Like, I hate you, you've had, but you deserve You've it. had some miserable moments this year, and uh, I, I don't mind you celebrating your good ones. And, uh, yeah, we gave him a hard time. He, he doesn't have wonderful teeth, and he was here and there. So, oh. my, fa- <laughs> so my wife, <laughs> my beautiful wife, Loves and she's listening to us right We now. love you, Stephanie. <laughs> she is not always heard over the cacophony of sound that is coming from Scouse's house, right? She timed it pretty perfect. Somehow, she timed it so that there was a, a, a little bit of a silence. A perfect lull. And just in the middle of it, you hear her, her, her voice come through saying something about his teeth. And I'm not kidding you. That's the one that was kind of a 
stick in his side because oh, he, he turned he around. Hit. She said it and he went. I hit the nerve, and he kind huh? of turned around. Yeah. Anytime you can get a head turn from a keeper, like, you've oh, done your job. Oh, 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 that's the one right there. We, we mocked his beard a little bit for being unruly. We mocked his teeth because they were uh, they were not uh, not ideal. I don't know if Canada's uh, universal health care extends to reconstructive dental, yeah, dental yeah. surgery. Uh, Dude but had some great saves though he, too. Well, like he, he played out of his skin a bit. I mean, we should have gone up two one in the forty sixth minute. Speedy mm-hmm. was in on goal and he yeah. lays out for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he and then off the corner that came off of that save. So he makes the great save on uh, Speedy. And then I think Kyle came in with the head ball that uh, after he got Tosh had a header. I think Tosh maybe uh, it, opposite end of the field. It's harder for yeah. us to tell yeah. on those, yeah. but. Uh, uh, someone came in with a great head ball and he made another terrific save on that. And you tack on the two, and we'll get into this part now, mm-hmm. but uh, you tack on the two offsides goals where if either of them doesn't get called, suddenly we've probably got a two or three to nothing lead. Yeah. Uh, Cam so, was close. I, I, you know, we've people got a, were texting me from home watching on TV that Cam's goal was a goal. Yeah. I mean, it's neither here nor there. I tell you what, but watching Brad Estes at the <laughs> other end of the field pacing back and forth behind their goal, just like throwing his hands up, it was like Brad is pissed right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, the minute those sorts of plays go, I turn to the side judge. And so the whole crowd behind us is going nuts, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah. But uh, I didn't have a great view on it. I thought Cam's in particular looked like maybe. I thought that the second one was it the yes, Cam was second. I think it, Cam's was, was the second yeah. one. Well, I thought that uh, whoever made the pass, I think it was Ilya, uh, whoever made the pass took one too many touches. I think Cam was definitely on side yeah. on the first touch. Mm. But he made a dribble and then passed it. And so, you know, I don't care if he's offsides or not. He was offside. The ref called him that way. That's right. So whether or not he was physically offside doesn't matter. It got called that way. And the way you avoid that is by, you know, not being, you know, the very hairy edge of offsides. Yeah. Just be onside. But if you get even one of those, and then you get even one of uh, the great sh- speedy shot or the Tosh header... Suddenly you're up 2 nothing, and this game is completely different. Your subs will almost certainly be defensive because you've got Francis yeah. and McMahon on the bench ready to go. Even if you even if you just decided, I'm not playing Paco tonight. Paco gets a damn night off, and he's earned it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But even so, you've got Sean, Francis, and uh, Pat McMahon ready to come on, and those are two legit defensive subs. Uh, we didn't make a defensive sub all night. Every mm-hmm. sub we made was for more offense. And that's fine. That's fine. I admire that. Go try to get those goals back. But tonight, it ba- or last night, it backfired, yeah. Yeah. and they yeah. got the goals on the counter. Realistically, we had 70% possession in that game, 68.9% yeah. possession in that game. We had eight corners. They had three corners. We had six offsides. They had none. And uh, if I'm remembering correctly, we had 22 shots on goal. They had eight. Or 22 shots. They right. had eight. Mm. We didn't lose that game 4-1. to one. I know the score says 4-1, right. to one, but we lost 4-1 to one because we were trying to win that game. Right. Like, once you fall behind 2-1 to one due to circumstance, yeah. then you live with the fact that you're trying to get it back and you had to sacrifice some defense for some offense. I'm fine. I don't take any moral victory from losing two to one instead of losing four to one. Yeah. 
it looks worse. Fine. We lost that game 2-1 to one in my mind. Uh, we made up the goal differential with Richmond and... Yeah, uh, so. exactly. Just to turn <laughs> yeah. it into a turn it into a normal goal differential. <laughs> yeah, uh, credit, I mean credit Toronto too. I mean they haven't won on the on the road all year. Uh-huh. I mean they're not going to go they're not going to go winless on the road. I mean at some no. point in time the stars are going to align. They're going to win a game on the road. I mean sheer statistics will tell you. Like, and, and they beat they, Nashville. They've tied Cincinnati. They yeah. get up for the big games. They do. They yeah. got you know uh, young men's national you know youth men's national team prospects. It's not like it's not like they don't have a good organization up there. They won the MLS title. The, yeah. The A-team did. So, it, I think their record, I'd be interested to see how they go the rest of the season and to give anybody else fits, you know, and we get another crack at them. So. Well, and I think that you can tell yeah. from the fact that, uh, you know, they started the season, the first 15 or so games, with like a draw and then 14 losses. They've improved dramatically throughout the year. I'm not trying to say they're good. We should have beaten them. They're bad. We should have beaten no, them, absolutely. and it's embarrassing. But you're right. They do deserve better credit. They came out with a good game plan. Coach Hack said it in the post-game press yeah. conference. They came out with a good game plan. They forced us to do something that we aren't good at, which is they wouldn't let Speedy run the show from the middle of the field, and right. so we were having to play long balls. We were playing long balls to the wrong guys because that's not yeah. George and Niall's strength, and they got us on the counterattack. They finished when they had the opportunities. Give them credit. They beat us. And uh, Toronto, in the last two years, kind of has our number. They do. They are... They do. Uh, Weirdly, yeah. They have, <laughs> they have two wins and a draw against us last year and this year, and they are terrible. So, you know, hopefully we get a win yeah, back later this year. But I didn't even think about that. Going yeah. into this, I didn't even think about that. That's true. <laughs> so, what is, it was this time last year that we got beat up there, 1-0. Yeah. And course then went on to just terrorize the league the rest of the season and win the cup you know hoist the cup so you tied you just stole that from you dude you're stepping on my plane am i allowed to talk whenever i want you can talk no uh legitimately when we get to banter uh you're actually off by two weeks they beat us two weeks from now next year and but you're exactly right that we got catapulted into this sort of into our uh, our championship season from something very similar yeah. to this, and that will be the uh, the historical nuggets. And I've I've heard on Twitter that people like nuggets yes. that uh, that I'm going to be sharing for uh, during our banter section. He just knows. Why doesn't Why doesn't my partner in Pensacola, Florida, just know stuff? <laughs> well, because I you know, it's work smarter, not harder. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a perfectly adequate plan. Tell them my life. <laughs> All right. We can't leave Toronto though without something you brought up, which is this uh, refereeing no. and time wasting. It was bad. It was bad. That art, the most artful time wasting I've seen in the league in some time, and the league it's an epidemic in the league. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, it was. There are points in that game where, and that's what's frustrating when we've had, and we've had one or two games like that this season where oh there are points in the game where everybody's looking around like what is happening right now on the field like what where the, even the players are like what are we doing yeah the indie game in indie was very similar in that respect yeah. but uh, well and then they, they turn two, into and yeah. then they turn into a water break and it's like okay yeah. so really nobody understood what was going on yeah. so we're taking okay i thought that the referees did a very bad job of taking control of the game yeah. i thought that the referees made some questionable calls for, frankly, I didn't 
I thought that they kept giving out yellow cards for pretty deserved yellow cards. I don't remember seeing one that I thought, what the hell are they thinking? It was pretty deserved. I'm going to give them one piece of kudos to go along with the fact that they didn't ever control this game and missed some important calls. But the kudos is, they gave eight minutes of stoppage time at the yeah. end of that game. Was that legit? That, I was yeah. what, I was, eight minutes. Yeah. And, eight's a lot. And we got, a, we got timing on it. On that, and they gave he gave a legitimate eight plus minutes, but <clears throat> it's about as mo- this is about as much. Yeah, as I was wondering exactly. like what's the but most this season? That's, that's the most I've frankly ever seen. I've never seen more than eight minutes. I think I've seen it before, but I don't think I've ever seen more. But here's the deal: you never get as much as is wasted. No, they so, probably managed to get rid of eleven ish minutes yeah. of uh, real game time in that, and they and you know good on them. It's uh, it is what it is. If you're gonna try to win a game when you are as bad as they have been and have won as infrequently as they have won, I say until they start red carding people and sending them off, yeah. waste as much time as possible. Well, I mean, at that point, you're going. If you're that team, you're 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 pulling every tool yeah. that you have, every weapon in your arsenal. You're like, what can we do? What can we do to make sure that we win? So yeah. You see him call for the trainer, and the trainer walks slower than my oh, brain. Oh, my God. It was oh. torture watching. Is that torture? Out oh. there. It's like, I'm can, glad someone else is dying inside. You can, you're, also, you're also kind of an athlete. Let's go. Let's yeah. jog. Let's go. Well, but you're so used to, in those circumstances, seeing the end of the game show up, and they get five minutes of stoppage time, and you're going, yeah. man, they wasted 12 no, minutes. Eight minutes was yeah. Eight's as bad as good as they're ever going to do in terms of all that. That's why, you know, you take we take our chances, we get up, and then we, we got control, you know. You yeah. score first, you got control in yep. that aspect of the game. So, And, you know, and so Indo, the Japanese import, got two goals against us. Uh, Johnson got one and Campbell got one for them. <clears throat> Ilya, very well taken goal. Yeah. I was proud of Ilya for his goal. He gets the man of the match for it. He deserved the man of the match for it. He, frankly, was the best player we had that night, I felt. Uh, that touch to, to free himself. Yeah, was just yeah. He was unbelievable. Uh, he's been wonderful in that ten spot, and I love him playing behind Cameron. But I don't love him having to be the supply mm-hmm. that needs to be the center midfielders, and it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't think that we're going to see this off this lineup again. I don't think we're going to see this arrangement again, mm-hmm. alignment again, and uh, I really do think that we had a weird lineup because. Five games in 13 days, just trying to find any way to get guys rest. And you're thinking, yeah, maybe you take them a little lightly. It's freaking Toronto. Yeah. And we can probably get away with running out of C-plus lineup. And we couldn't get away with it. <clears throat> Here, I have a question. And this is out of my sheer soccer ignorance. Okay. Do you think there was ever a point before, like, when when coach said, told the team, like, hey, we're going to go with this formation? Or even during the game, you know, even in the last moments of the game, do you ever think that there was a point? And really, when the game started going downhill for us, do you ever think there was a point where George or Luke or somebody said something like, hey, this isn't working? I mean, is that like, my, a, is that a thing that could my, happen? Is my that like. Opinion, my opinion about this is probably no. I think that. Coach has made it extremely clear that he got as much input as possible from the triumvirate and from really anybody who had anything they wanted to say about the direction of the team, that he's gotten as much input as he can. But when you're out there making the decisions on the field and your job is the one that's on the line for it, that you can't 
Yeah, I, I think that these these players are too veteran or too young, one or both, okay. to be able to say, coach, this is a mistake, we can't do this. This is where you need an assistant coach, which we haven't hired yet, and we're going to have to hire in the near future. I guess that was my question. Like, Do you think that he could look at any point until we hire an assistant coach that he could look toward the triumvirate as like that kind of impromptu assistant coach? Like, That's why I said George or Luke is like, Hey, as helpful probably as actual in-game uh, tactic planning, I doubt it. I okay. doubt it because at some point you got to be the man, right? And if they still think you're like leaning on players, that's yeah. that's not a good signal to your team. And he and like I say, he owned it in mm-hmm. the post-game conference. Like, hey, this was a bad plan. I I didn't put us in the best position to win tonight. That's my fault. I love that in a coach. Take responsibility yeah. and learn from it. And it sounded yeah. to me during that conference like he was planning on learning from it. Oh, yeah. It's a good question because I don't really know the dynamic, the communication dynamic. And you would like to think that at least the captain right. could go to coach right. sure. and, and you know brainstorm and not say, hey, coach, this isn't working, but hey, Maybe Coach, we what, should try. What this. do you think about this? Maybe, or yeah. it looks like they're doing this. So what do you think about this? Or you know, have that. But it's tough in game, like you say. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I would. I would think that there's got to be a little bit of that. Maybe at halftime. And sure. Really, the halftime is, maybe is based on our very unique situation before. Yeah. Coach Hack. You know what I mean like because yeah. a lot when of these guys are the players, players. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Know, like years. Years. Well, and so. I was surprised that uh, Ilya got the captaincy. I liked seeing Ilya with the captain's arm, man. He's been a great player for us. He's been with the team from the very beginning, and he has had an amazing season. But one of the triumvirate was on the field. Yeah. I was surprised George Davis didn't get the captaincy for this game. You were just a coach of the team. Yeah. Luke and Paolo were not on the field. I was surprised it wasn't George. Right. I hope that's a team decision that the guys all got together and talked to that out and that it's not just Hack going, I like this guy better. Right. Like, hopefully. But uh, I was surprised by that with one of the triumvirate on the field that he wasn't wearing the armband, especially somebody as veteran and as respected yeah. as George is. But... Uh, at halftime, who does Paolo give it to when he goes off? I don't even know. He goes oh, off so so little, so, you know, so infrequently. I know that a couple of times it's been Kyle Smith, and Kyle Smith was also on the field, and he didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ilya, I mean, like I say, Ilya's got a lot of gravitas with the guys. There's no problems oh, yeah. with that. I don't think that it's an issue. He's one of the OGs. It was just from the beginning. It was just interesting to me. But I talked to Jordan Cooper at halftime just briefly. And he and I, it was 1-1 at the half, and I felt like, you know, we talked about all the statistics of how the game looked. Both Jordan, who is notoriously pessimistic, and myself both thought, yeah, we're going to end up winning this game 3-1, 4-1, us. I mean, we were lighthearted at halftime about how this game was going to turn out. Mm, yeah. And the second half, it just didn't pan. It didn't pan the way we needed to. And a lot of that, a lot of that has to go on that first sub being... Paolo coming in for Speedy and not for Sands, yeah. in my opinion. But I think we learn from this. I think we move forward yeah. positively. I think yeah. we come out on Friday, and we better jet into our uh, our game preview at this point because, uh, goodness. I'm, How ta- much? I'm talking too much. So. You're not. You're doing no, wonderful. Oh no, you're doing great. How much does this affect your pre- – or, like, what does this do for your – this is a question for both of you – for your opinion thus far – of Coach Hack, I, lo- I like Coach Hack a lot. I think he's done great. He he um, 
the, the, what sold me on Coach Hack was he came in and he said the number one job is to earn the, the trust yeah. and respect of these players. And I think, you know, that's what's most important. And if he's accomplishing that, then we're going to be fine because we got great players. Yeah. yeah. And uh, veteran players, smart players, guys that have been around and in the system and together. And we just need somebody to lead them to the promised land, you know. And yeah. I think I think Hack can do it. I'm not throwing this season away. Like, we're a good team. We're in right. playoff position. We should be a factor when it comes to the playoffs. I'm not throwing the season away. I'm heavily invested in this season. Right. I will not judge Coach Hackworth as a hire. I won't even, like, start contemplating how I feel about Coach Hackworth as a hire until about midway through next season. So much of what he's doing, he's doing with Coach O'Connor's players, right. Coach O'Connor's basic system. Yeah. And so much of what he's going to have to do is figure out the contract situations of the guys that are still here and the guys he's going to bring in for next year. That's what he is going to be judged based off of. This year we could lose in the first round of the playoffs, and that would suck. But I won't think of that as a problem from Hack. I'll think of that as a problem with you know how Hack deals with the players that he inherited. Right. Not that they're not good, but maybe that they aren't his kind of good. Right. So I'm not going to judge Coach Hack until about midway through next year. I'll say I wasn't pleased with how he used this team that day. I think he's a good coach. I've liked what I've seen from him so far. Right. Until this game, I thought he's done a lot. And even in this game, it made sense to me. He was trying to get some players rest. It didn't pan out because we needed those players. Mm-hmm. He was trying to bring on offense to create goals to try to win a game against a bad team. Mm-hmm. It backfired, and they got some counterattack goals, and we lost heavily. I understood everything that was happening. I never felt right. like it was a bad plan. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the it boils down to the fact that the team relies on what the center midfield can do. And if you're not going to have Speedy and Paolo playing together, mm-hmm. it's got to be Kyle playing with one of them and not James Sands. Mm-hmm. Not because he's not a good player, but because that is a, that is a position of trust and of uh, compatibility and of understanding one another and you can't get that in three weeks especially not a kid who's 18 years old no matter how good he is at soccer so i I don't i don't judge coach hack based on this at all okay i think that he tried a thing hoping it would work against a bad team and that he could buy some rest for some important players and it backfired that's how i feel okay i agree with that assessment and i think that he's if you asked a, a coach another coach like him looking in I mean he's come into a very unique situation yeah and had to uh, you know adapt I think and do a lot of things uh, that may not uh, may not be familiar right so yeah um, so he's earning his stripes too you know and learns you know learn the guys right. and we're, we'll get there yeah absolutely yeah. All right, we got to jet into the game preview because uh, I'm we're we're killing it tonight. No, you're, you're, no, no, there's a good. lot to talk about. It was yeah, our it's... best win <laughs> in years and our worst loss in years. There's a lot to talk about. Also, Ty, Evan talks a lot. So I talk it's... way too much. <laughs> this is what I live for talking soccer, and my wife is you're like, great. "Get out of the house and go talk to soccer with somebody else." You can come. So, you can come you talk soccer with us any night you want. Does she listen to our podcast with you? That would be like my uh, dream date. <laughs> <laughs> you should make her do it. You should make her. Have you got a birthday coming up, Ty? Maybe you got our uh, anniversary coming up. There right? you go. You think that would go over okay? No, I think it's got to be birthday because <laughs> anniversary 
don't it's care what anybody both. says. It's a, it, I don't care what anybody says. It's about the wife. Wow. But uh, birthday can legit be about you. Maybe Father's Day. You uh, say, there you go. But, You're uh, gonna listen to this. All right. Well, as you know, at the tailgate, I force every family member in town to come to the game. He does. So we, I'm already. Well, and it's funny to me because I see people and I'm like, that person's probably related to Ty. <laughs> You guys, you guys have a specific family look. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I can frequently tell. It's like they all got. They, they all got. <coughs> we got a nice jersey collection going over there you too. Do? Yeah, I mean, I, I almost pointed a random stranger to you guys' tailgate two weeks ago, where I was walking up and I was like, "Yeah, they're over there." <laughs> you're, the people you're going to meet, a perfect stranger to me, but you're going to go meet ties over there. Um. All right, game preview. <laughs> We're going to jet into it here because, frankly, it's hard to preview a game realistically. So I'll say we play Friday, which is unusual. Weird. It's also miserable because it's, you know, five games in 13 days is That's too many games. So I know much. we got to make up a game from the damn U.S. Open Cup, and it was a fun run, and I don't have any, I don't have any regrets. But five games in 13 days is freaking brutal. Uh who, what, what was it from Dogma, where uh, the where he says uh, soccer is the or mass genocide is the second most exhausting thing any person can do oh, yeah. after soccer. Yeah. So oh, uh, uh, you know it's it's an exhausting dang game. We even with the two uh, two kids, we don't. I'm I'm gonna stop calling them kids. These are professional athletes and they're players and they're great. Both of them great skill sets. Uh, they're gonna corner you in an alley. They are. I'm gonna get shit. Like, so we're, we're, huh? we're gonna have. We're gonna have. He's a kid now. We're gonna have him. We're gonna have him for a uh, for a interview on the in this podcast, and they're gonna be like, just silence. Nothing but silence. They're just gonna stonewall us. Yeah, I'll do an interview. There's nothing to anything. Nothing. Just stare at us. No, they're great, and they aren't kids. They are professional athletes who deserve better respect than that. Jose and James. Uh, I've loved what we've seen from those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I think that when we get into Charleston on Friday, yeah. you're going to see, I think Jose plays or at least is on the active roster for this game. Yeah. I think that you're going to see a little bit more traditional of a lineup for us. I think that he's going yes. to... Hackworth's got to be a little bit cautious about the fan base because deep troll Twitter and deep troll Reddit will get away from him yeah. if they lose this game and they lose it in any kind of a similar formation. So I think that he's a savvy guy. He clearly understands the media better than Coach O'Connor ever did. Yeah, And... Uh, I think that we'll see a pretty standard-looking lineup for us. I hope Ownby's healthy. I saw him running around before the game. I asked him how he was feeling, and he said he was feeling pretty good and that uh, he was hoped to be back soon. Yeah. I hope that means Friday. It's, I've loved seeing Richie Ballard out on the field. I hope we yeah. can get him some extended minutes. Give him a haircut. He's looked like, he does. The salad is long. <laughs> get him a haircut, that dude. Is some Richie, salad. No, no offense, man. If you want to rock the, the, the mop, yeah. and let's be real, at this point it's a mop. Yeah. All right. He wants you're to get not, back to the original. The, yeah, you're not quite ready to, to take on to to take on the mantle of the bun from Pat McMahon. Yeah, 
Um, who but, inherited it from Paolo, who inherited it from Fondi, who inherited it from Greg. I mean, yeah, you know, I we mean, have a long history of man buns. Yeah, Didn't Richie it, have one back in here? In college, he did. Oh, in college, Not with okay. the team, but yeah, there are pictures where you can see him with yeah, the long yeah, hair. Yeah. If that's what you're going for, cool, but in, in the meantime... <laughs> Yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. Just go oh, with the soccer mullet, right? He yeah, looks, yeah. Just, I mean, he's yeah. looked a little rusty. Uh, there have been a couple of balls where his first touch wasn't perfect, but I mean, getting back into game speed takes some time. I'd like to see him get some run, maybe be able to get like a nice, you know, seventy-minute kind of a game yeah. under his belt. He might not have that in him though yet, so you know, we'll see. But it's been nice seeing him. I think that you're going to see a more standard lineup. I bet I would be willing to bet money. That you will see some combination of Paco with either Sean or Alexi. I would bet money that you're going to see Paolo and Speedy both starting in the middle, even if Sands is behind them or Carranza is playing with them. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet you see both of them, and uh, I strongly suspect it'll be Cam up top, unless that uh, knock he took towards the end of the game is more serious after the game than he thought. Uh, and that you'll see the regular wing plays. I think you're going to see a pretty standard-looking lineup with maybe the only difference being do you run Ilya back out there in the 10? Do you maybe let Carranza play there? Maybe you try to get him some minutes instead. But uh, I think it'll be a more standard-looking lineup. Yeah. Charleston. I would would not want to be Coach Hack making those decisions. No. I mean, gosh. Especially on the offensive end. I mean, who do you put out there? You just – it's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, obviously Cam's golden boot winner, but – it, the game sort of screams for Luke in my mind because of the way Charleston plays. Yeah, big big center back. Did you have some big pack it in? Yeah. You know, it's one of these where Luke, you know, can battle. Yeah, a little bit maybe. I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those games where I see Cam yeah. coming on late and getting two because you know, Luke's but, worn them down up front yeah, in that yeah. kind of game. But no, you're exactly right. I was about to say that Charleston, our opponent on Friday night, get out to Slugger. It's another promo night, which I disapprove of. But uh, it's uh, what's the promo? Uh, the promo for Friday is it's college night. No, it's college it's, night. I think it's college night. Yeah, maybe that'll be fine. We'll find out. But the last several promo nights have not been ideal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we got <clears throat> so we've got uh, Charleston coming in, and they are fourth place. They have been up and down, upwards to second place, down to about fifth place. They started the season slow, and then they had a run of, I'm sorry here, but they had a... He's looking at his notes right now. I am. That's why he's Shut up. Every now and then you got to look at your notes. They had an 11-game unbeaten streak that just ended. Cincinnati beat them 3-0, beat them pretty soundly. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. Cincinnati beats a lot of teams that aren't named Louisville. hi Hey, well, I mean, they don't. They don't. Let's not, let's not, let's call a spade a spade. They beat a lot of teams that aren't named Louisville. They, so Charlotte had an 11 game unbeaten streak. Cincinnati beat them 3-0. Fine. They're still playing well. They just had a draw that came off of it. They went, had a 4-4 draw in their last game against Red Bulls who loved to score and, you know. Speaking speaking of draws. Pittsburgh Indy, draw tonight. It ended up in a draw. Nice. Way to go, Indy. Coming back. Indy coming through in the clutch. Is that 2-2 or 2 No, that's perfect. I'm thrilled that Indy came back and got the the uh, the, the game tied. Not a bad result for us, yeah. No, a draw is sort of ideal. 
that puts Pittsburgh back into a tie with us. I think they go place. up one on us. Do so, they? Yeah. I thought they. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. They're tied. We're we tied. had a one. Yeah. Get, we had a one point lead, and now yeah. they yeah. get the, that point back. So we are tied for second with them. We are tied for second and third with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yes. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. We might be in second with goal differential. I imagine that we probably are. But I imagine that we probably are, especially given Pittsburgh's yeah. non-proclivity for scoring. So good update from our field correspondent, Ty. Yeah. You're, like a, you're like a renaissance man. <laughs> um, I will say Charleston, basically good at everything, not great at anything. They aren't great goal scorers at about 1.3 a game. They aren't great goal suppressors at one goal given up per game. So, I mean, it's a good defensive team, and it's a good offensive team, but it's not great at either of them. They kind of have their one dude that they rely on for scoring. And Andy looked it up. I did research this time. I just want to put that out there. I did homework. (laughs) Yes. I'll Uh, I'll let you take the credit. Who's their leading goal scorer? uh, That would be Guerra. And how many goals does he have? 14. There you go. Nice work, Andy. Well, they didn't let him on the hat pipe, so he's... <laughs> he had plenty of no, time. No, yeah, I've had that. They wouldn't let me do anything at the skate park, and so now I've just been... Plenty of time on the smartphone, which is really all skaters do these days. Yeah. There's no actual skating. It's all smartphone time. I feel like we're building up a list of enemies in oh, the show. We, everybody, everybody hates us. Everybody. Um, Charleston... Like I say, good, not great at any one particular aspect of the game. Yeah. They've been rotating in two different keep, two different keepers in Kuzminski, who's gotten the majority of the starts. I think he started 17 games. And Cooper, who started the game against us where they won 2-1. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, Cooper has been significantly less successful than Kuzminski yes. has. Uh, Kuzminski, 10 shutouts in 17 games. 10 clean sheets. Uh, Cooper, two clean sheets in seven starts. Yeah. Different levels. Uh, I don't know who's going to start. I don't know how they make that decision at this point. Both of them are perfectly good keepers. Cooper at one time was an up-and-coming, like, people thought of him as a national team kind of a potential keeper. Some of the shine has fallen off of that. Uh, but they're not a bad team. They're not a great team. Uh, what you'll see in the end is that uh, they... Like I say, they're coming off of an 11-game unbeaten streak, 10 clean sheets. They've got three guys who've led the team in minutes, played by quite a bit. Yeah. And that's Hackshaw, who got one of the goals against us in the last game. Uh, Anunga and Mueller, those guys play every game. Everybody else is very much on an in-and-out yeah. basis. Guerra is dangerous as hell, but he also uh, frequently comes out about the 65-minute mark. And so he doesn't get as much playing time as you might expect from a premier striker, premier striker. So he's making his minutes count. He is, after Cam, the second most efficient goal scorer in the league in terms of minutes played versus goal scored. Cam has, like, light years years ahead. Ahead of everybody, yeah. But Guerra is the next best option in terms of minutes played to goal scored. So, I mean, this is a perfectly fine team. They do about 10 crosses a game, which is a normal amount. Yeah. Uh, they have about 48% possession, which means that they want to share the ball. They want to be on the ball. They're not just a counter-attacking team, but they also are not a team that's afraid to have it. Right. And that's... This team is vanilla, is the thing to me, is about Charleston. It's effectively Absolutely. adequate. Yeah. Think of them... 
if you are a sports fan, think of them as a modern-day equivalent of the New Orleans Saints. They're pretty good. They're rarely the best. They never aren't a factor, but they also never are the super favorite. That's who we're talking about here. Uh, It's a good team. They're good in all facets of the game, but they aren't dominant in any one facet of the game. I expect us to come out in a more traditional lineup for us. Mm -hmm. I expect us to perform well. I expect us to take a 2-1 to win. I've got the 2-1 to win... I'm going to go ahead and do it first because usually I wait until last. It's true. I've got a two to one win, and my goal scores are. I'm going to guess this until it's right. Brian Ownby is going to play. He's going to come back from uh, the, the. I don't even know if we're talking about it. I think it was on the official injury report this week, so I can talk about it. Coming back from his concussion, mm-hmm. I think that he'll be ready to play. He'll be ready to get some minutes. He looked fit to me when I saw him before the game. He looked optimistic. Yeah. I see him coming in. I see him getting one of the goals. And then I see Cam. I liked what Ty said, that this is a Luke kind of game to start. I like Cam coming in to face some worn-down defenders yeah. who are sick of banging with Luke. And Cam gets a goal because he gets a little separation. So I got OMB and Cam with the goals. Andy, what you got? Uh, as much as I want to say OMB, just because I want it for him, I'm going to go with Luke and then Cam. All right. Perfectly, perfectly reasonable. I think that Cam, not only does Luke do a spectacular job of physically wearing them down. Sure. I think he sneaks one in there. And demoralizes them also. So they're emotionally <laughs> exactly. exhausted. Exactly. All right, what's your score? What was your score? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go two nothing. Two nil. All right, get back on the uh, hack. Sh- uh, get on the hack defensive mentality. Yeah. Ty, what do you think? I'm same way. I think we get back to back to defensive prowess and get that clean sheet. Okay. It's a it's a game that it's gonna be boring. They're Charleston for me is like Pittsburgh, sort of almost yeah. Pittsburgh light. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. You know, they muck it up, they play great D, they, they're not going to, uh, it's not going to be end-to-end exciting football. Probably I think true. we probably win one nothing. I like it. And um, I'm going to go with my favorite player from my alma mater, Transylvania. Ooh. Kyle Smith. Kyle Smith. Oh. Now, Kyle Smith's uh, mother and aunt joined us for the first time in Scouse's house this week. They were awesome. completely wonderful people. We enjoyed meeting them. We enjoyed having them. They're never invited back after a 4-1 loss. <laughs> so that's just the way that goes. And uh, one other special guest showed up at the Scouts' house. I almost blamed him for this. I almost blamed him. One mm-hmm. other special guest showed up to Scouts' house for the first time. Uh, noted Cooper and Groove Machine President Emeritus Mayor Greg Fisher mm-hmm. nice. stopped by nice. to say hey to the house. He came by to say hi to Andy and I after we enjoyed having him on the podcast. Yeah. I'm not coming back. Uh, he's never welcome back after a 4 <laughs> no. 1 loss. No. Uh, even he stopped the, in the family zone. I talked with him too. Nice. When it was 1 1, you know, and it was just. Even we were in having a, a good time. And Mayor Fisher. Hey, Mayor, you know. Mayor Fisher, we love you. Yeah. yeah. Don't come back to Scouts. <laughs> Even in an election year, you're yeah, not welcome no, back after a 4 1 loss. Don't What's funny that. is the guy that I was hanging out with there for at the game, he said, Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's our be cool. It's our mayor. Yeah, I said this Mayor it. Fisher. He didn't. He didn't know. Well, he just didn't recognize our mayor. I understand. He's lived here his whole life. <laughs> he wouldn't recognize Jerry Abramson then. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Andy actually turned to me when Mayor Fisher walked down and he said, "I kind of want to go call him G Fish." <laughs> I was like, you should absolutely go call him. Well, what so up, what up G that. Fish? You said that you went. You should call him G Fish, and I, I, I just happened to turn around, and Anna O'Connell, wife of frequent co-host, co-host replacement Dana O'Connell, host. Um, gave me this look like, no, you should. <laughs> Probably was. Probably was. Don't do that. All right, so. Uh, we got a 1-0 win with a goal for Kyle Smith. We got a 2-0 win with Luke and Cam. And we got a 2-1 win with goals for Brian and for Cam. All right. Those are our game reviews and previews. It took us a minute. Yeah, but they were good. This. They were awesome. Here's the thing. And I believe this to be completely true. We've had a couple of pods that have run an hour and 40 minutes yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. What, where are we at? Right now. You're looking at an hour, an hour and three, three. which because. which means to me that we're going to get out of here in an hour and a half. Uh, hour and a half to me is the cutoff for where, uh, holy crap, we've gone a long time. Yeah. But uh, Jordan on uh, Derby City Ultras this past week for the uh, for the final judgment, he had posted a two hour long podcast, but it was not two hours long. It was forty three minutes long with an hour and seventeen minutes of silence. And that faked me out coming out of a morning meeting where I thought, I'm, and I'll tell you, maybe I'm unusual in this respect, but I was excited about two hours of Lou City content. Yeah. So I don't mind if we run a little bit long. And uh, I say, we've got a lot to talk about, and I'm loving this so yeah, far. No, so yeah. uh, let's get into the purple stuff. There we go. Purple stuff. Uh, everybody, yep. raise a glass or a can or whatever you got for your purple stuff of choice. All right. It's mm. good purple stuff. Get those notes oh, back out. Petey. I've never had it. I will always come back for that purple stuff. Purple yeah. stuff is just, it's just delicious every time. Yeah. I told Ty the secret of the purple stuff. Well, you gotta, you gotta stir it counterclockwise. Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to have more purple stuff? Well, yeah. In fact, actually, I'm gonna hand, uh, during our interview section, I'm gonna hand you off to Andy gently and I'm gonna bartend a little bit extra purple That's stuff the part here. we should skip if we're gonna skip anything. We're, stick, we're skipping nothing. We're not nothing. skipping anything, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> this is an amateur hour, okay? Oh no, it totally is amateur hour, but yeah, that's fine. True. I've actually got more purple stuff. You don't even have to do anything. I don't even have to I'm gonna rustle around during the podcast for more purple stuff. I like it. There are, there's us. purple stuff yeah, all over. Yeah, I'm actually, okay. So <laughs> I wouldn't mind you some going. for my purple stuff. No, but, uh, no, you keep right. going. So purple stuff, we got three uh, three little bits to get through here. The first one is uh, Cam's goal, his set piece goal from last week, which was a thing of beauty uh, against Richmond. Is up for goal of the week if you haven't gotten out and voted online at Facebook or Twitter or wherever your personal choice of voting is. Uh, I'm going to be hammered from all this purple stuff. Uh, he just gave me a healthy pour of purple stuff. <clears throat> it is. It's violet colored tonight. Violet. <laughs> um, uh, Cam's goal is up for goal of the week. Go out and vote. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on USL.com. You can find it on Twitter. Get out there and vote for Cam because uh, we got shut down after... <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy is legitimately trying to kill people with purple stuff tonight. <laughs> no, the man, pour he good. gave to Ty made it's my good. pour look gentle. Oh, no. 
Um, Where do you go and finish? If purple stuff is poured. If, if well, purple stuff is definitely poured. It's definitely a beverage. We're willing to call it. Okay. Beverage. Yeah. Uh, you can use a dipper for it also, but uh, so the <laughs> goal of the week. He also got named to the team of the week. Uh, Cam well deserved after another two goal performance. He just keeps cranking along, and it, it's great. Uh, second piece of purple stuff. Promos are crap. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Listen, I get it. This is a business. You got to run the business the best way you can, and so you got to try to get people out to the park. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some extra families with kids out there on a weeknight Ugh. with beer promos. Okay, fine. You got. You want to have beach night. You want to have yoga night. You want to have whatever it is. Fine. I understand why, but it's bad luck. We've performed poorly. We got to stop it. Yeah. We just got to stop it. I'm sorry. We never do well on promo nights, and uh, just for the superstition part of it. I mean, it may have something to do with other stuff, but I'm choosing to purely focus on the superstition <laughs> aspect of it. But uh, Ty Am brought I the up, only one that liked the yoga night thing. It sold out. My wife loved it. I didn't go. My wife loved it. Do you do yoga, Ty? No, but I just thought it was great. You go on the pitch and you. It's fun to get out there on the stretch field. and you know. Yeah. No. What's bad about that? I didn't go. My wife loved it. And she signed up for the most recent one at Slugger, and uh, it got canceled due to rain or something along those lines. But yeah. anyway, uh, I'm not a the fan ultra, of the, I know the ultras hate yoga night. They I, I will die on that hill yeah. for yoga night. I mean, it's, it's fun. Sure. Do it. I got, no, I got no objection to the concept of yoga yeah. on the field, but let's not I call it yoga it. night. Let's just call it like, you know, do yoga on the field. Full stop. Done. Period. <laughs> we got to stop. And uh, Ty brought up before the me- before the show started in our pre-show meeting, which really consists of me saying I was thinking about talking about this. Uh, <laughs> he brought up, and we'll bring it. We'll mention it now that we haven't performed well at home at all lately. And uh, I'm curious, Ty, if you feel that's attached to anything in particular? I think it. I think the limitations of Slugger Field are starting to catch up with us um, to some extent. It's a tough field to play on. It's not a soccer field. Yeah. And we've been doing the best we can at it for, you know, we're in our fourth season now. And gosh, I'm going to be nostalgic about Slugger when we go to the new place. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, gosh, we hoisted the cup there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we did. It's, and it's where we were. Born. Where we started it, where we, where all this came about. That infancy. Yes. Yeah. So I love it, I love, but I just feel like when we get when we get slowed down, when we get bogged down at Slugger, and it looks like it did against Toronto, for example, yeah. and we're you know we're moving around the back, moving around the back, we don't have anywhere to go. There, we're missing what fifteen yards of length yep. to the field. Yeah. Not to mention whatever we are width wise, yep. and when we blow everybody out of the water away. And then come home. And it's been that way every year. I mean, our away record is stellar every yeah. year. Yeah, We've always performed better at home. But now I feel like the teams, they watch our home games. They watch who's been successful at our home games. Yeah. It's easy to muck it up there in the middle. Yeah. And I don't know if that's... You can, so I, what, I think it's something to consider. It's you know? exactly what you're saying. You can turn it into a rock fight easier. Yeah. And if you are the better team, and we almost always are... If you're the better team, you don't want a rock fight. You want to go out there and be able to play the beautiful game. Yeah. And 
on a field that narrow with some uh, AstroTurf concerns and some funkiness to the whole field on a field that short, yeah. it's easier for a less talented team to say, we're going to turn this into something ugly, yeah. and hopefully yeah. we get a goal and you don't out of that ugly. One of my favorite things, I've said it on the podcast before, is that what I love about playing at Slugger Field is that it's kind of a meat grinder that we uh, that it, for a long time only we were used to. Yeah. Like, we did well because we were used to playing in that confined space. Sure. You know what I mean? It was like a cage match. That's gone now, though. It's gone. People are... Other teams are—they've caught on and wouldn't, they know how to deal with it. Wouldn't it be great if we built a soccer-specific stadium? We should totally build somewhere. A I don't know. Stadium. I've been, great idea. Idea. I've been thinking somewhere near an intersection of freeways and a uh, maybe an up-and-coming. I've got it. Maybe an up-and-coming <laughs> business district. I've got it. Okay, Butcher Town. That is gold. I think we should. I think there's actually Taking a large parcel of land that's just barren you right You just now. want to go to the I've skate been... park that's right next door. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> Don't worry about what I want to do, okay? <laughs> and he's just going to go straight from soccer games to skates. You're skating not allowed to tailgate there. <laughs> now, uh, everybody's excited about the stadium being built, and I agree, though. Right now, we don't have much of a home field advantage. A one five and one over one, the five last, and two now. One, I five believe. and two over yeah. the last eight games. That's not good. It makes you wonder if we need a home field advantage for the playoffs. But uh, mm. I still would like one because I want to go to those games. Yeah. But um, and also we did so well in the playoffs there at home last year. Yeah. Anyway. I agree with you. I think that it's it's not been ideal lately, and I think that a lot of it has to do with what kind of field we're playing on and the fact that it's easier for less talented teams to make things harder on you yeah. on a smaller, That's what it is. more complicated right. field. Right. Which is annoying. It is. It's super annoying. It is. But we, you know, that that's why we, that's why Hackworth makes the big bucks. He's gonna, he's gonna figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I got one final piece of purple stuff. This Friday for the Charleston game, the national anthem will be being sung by Joe Valla, uh, famed leader of the Groove Machine. He's sang the national anthem three or four times already in the last year and a half. He's great at it. He's got a beautiful voice. He's a talented musician. The Groove Machine deserves every plaudit you can possibly give them because good on you, boys. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear Joe sing. And we've got a good record when he sings, so the superstition aspect, also positive. All great. Mm-hmm. I want to start a movement. No. I want to start a movement. <laughs> no. I want to sing the national anthem no. in a game. I want to do it. I want to do it. I've never... I, solo. Now, I, I sang in youth choruses and show choirs my entire young adult life. I have a perfectly adequate singing voice. Nobody's going to mistake me for Michael Bolton, but I also... I don't know why that was my go-to phrase. <laughs> Nobody's going to mistake me for Otis Redding. But, uh... Celine Dion. Everybody mistakes me for Celine Dion. It happens constantly. But I have a perfectly adequate singing voice. I'm really good in a chorus because I can carry a tune and I'm not, I don't have an objectionable voice, and I'm loud. So it's a good trifecta in a chorus. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten to sing a... Because of that, though, I got to sing a lot of national anthems at a lot of events, right. but never by myself. Yeah. I want to sing a national anthem at one of these games. I'm wondering how big the in-the-house celebrity is, whether or not our podcast is important enough 
or whether or not they have a short enough bench of people to sing national anthems at these games. I want to do it. Brad, hear me. Scott, hear me. John, Hear me. I want to sing the national anthem of a game. I think I can do it. I would be happy. (laughs) I would be happy to do it at one of the games with the Canadians. As I proved this week, I know the Canadian national anthem too. I could do it. But why though? Because why do you know that? Because I had to sing for fifteen years for course credit. Inspire the boys, and also because Mark Anthony K is a damn hero. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Guys, Lou City front office, whoever out there is listening, push for this. Get Who makes this. that decision? I don't know. Are you you got to put you're gonna put up a little Twitter but uh, I have a vote sh- thing. I or should something? do that. You should. Kenny Allward, hear yeah. this. This yeah. needs to go up on the website and on the Twitter and on the Facebook. I want to do it. I want to find out how to do it. I won't embarrass anybody. I'm not a bad singer. I'm capable. But I want to see You'll how far I'm going. do an audition, right, Brad? I'd be happy to go to one go of to their the homes, front office, and or one of their homes. Yeah, sing. Uh, I've got a special. <laughs> okay. Show up while they're eating dinner. I've got Back a tour. I've got a special outfit I can wear, uh, and I'll wow. sing them a song. But no, it's it's. Well, you I, have the background. You talked. You t- you have the resume for it. I can do it. Yeah, and I will not embarrass anybody. Andy will back me up on Kazoo or whatever you like. <laughs> no, I, I can do this. And I'm, you bet I want to do it. Bar with this fellow. He, you know what? He be honest. He legit can carry a tune. Yeah. Oh, what's your karaoke song? Well, now you're getting into uh, whoa. All right, this podcast now gonna be two and a half hours. Um, just the number one. You gotta pick one. My. General immediate go to is Johnny Cash because it's a crowd pleaser. So and Ring of Fire is the easiest of the uh, songs to yeah, sing. That's not that's no, what's yours. I can do Jack. I can do Jackson with my. I don't sing. I would go to Cash because I can just kind of mumble through it. I want to know your range song. What's your range? Right, song? When I when I want to show off a little bit, when I'm yeah. feeling when I'm feeling a little squirrely, I'll this do. This is the point that his wife listens to this podcast and starts rolling her eyes. Yeah, this is, oh, this is when I'm feeling a little <laughs> ambitious, I'll do I'll do uh, I'll do some hollow notes. Oh, okay. I'll go with <laughs> nice. I'll go with "Rich Girl" by Hollow Notes as my uh, I'm feeling it. Yeah, I'm I like feeling that. it song. But uh, no, I generally if I if it's early in the night and I'm only two purple stuffs in, I'll go with uh, with Johnny Cash because everybody enjoys it. You're not going to annoy anybody, and also his songs, like any person from that era, are two and a half minutes long, and so yeah. you're not you're not overstaying your welcome. Right. I also do a Tenacious D song called uh, "I'm Not Allowed to Say the First Word Her Gently," and uh, that one's always a crap pleaser. But that's when I'm hammered. So, <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Enough. All right. And, and here's the thing. If, this, this, stuff. if you start this break, <laughs> now that we have more than enough, uh, if you start this campaign, yeah, this will be the reason that I get on Twitter. <laughs> I think that we should have start a, vote. a campaign to not. <laughs> oh come on! You just want you just don't want me to have nice things. <laughs> um, no, seriously, guys. I can see you out there feeling it. It would be. It would be awesome. The I, thing is, you would do like a perfectly adequate job. I and I don't even think you do an adequate job. I think that you would do a good job because 
you know, you, sometimes you have the people who sing the national anthem that you, that you're like, wow, they kind of Fergie it up a little bit. No, sometimes there's you have gonna the be people, no embellishment. Sometimes you have the people who like run it super long, and you're like, all right, we need to. Can we? Now but, my my version of the national anthem is sweet and pure I and simple and your, quick. I think that your rendition of the national anthem would be spot on. Petition is set out. I want it. I want to do it one Which game. Which is why I don't, I don't want it to happen. He just doesn't <laughs> want it to happen. All right, we got one more makeup game. We do. Which yeah. our extra game, honestly, is kicking us in the ass right now because had we played North Carolina second game or whatever, we might be would have crushed them. And had we played Toronto in July, yeah. might have crushed yeah. them. Right? I mean, so yeah. both of those teams have improved since the time when we should have played them. Yeah, absolutely. But. That's all I've got for. <clears throat> See, we're running. We're running into. The, no, we're a, good. It was a game night last night, and I'm we're running skipping short any personal interviews. Yeah. We're moving on now. We're banter. moving on now to the interview. Banter. We're moving on now to the interview because we've got Ty Smith here, and I've got questions. Um, I'm gonna be short and sweet. Okay. You can be as short and sweet as you choose. This is your segment, but it's my questions. I'm worried people don't want to listen to this anymore. That, no, we're you are, you, we're we are solid. still well within our normal range. We are range. solid. All right. Okay. All right. All right. First off is, uh, Ty, you are an attorney in town. You're a Louisville native. Lexington. I'm sorry. You're a Kentucky native. Yes, I sir. apologize. Yep. And uh, how did you get into soccer in the first place? I grew up playing. My, ne- my neighbor across the street invited me to play. Yeah. Six years old. Never looked back. Right on. Went to Dunbar. Played there. Had a good career, played at Transy. Yeah. Which is why Kyle's my favorite player. Absolutely. I kind of envisioned myself as a latter day, is that the right term? Yeah. Kyle Smith, you know. Um, is now. Yeah. I'm just so, going to assume you're his older brother. You got the last name. <laughs> we were last name. And so that's just for me, for a kid to come out of Transy, and he probably was as good as anybody that went to D1 schools or whatever. Sure. For whatever reason, went to Transy and has done what he's done is just inspiring. Um, so I went to Transy, played, and then went to law school at UK, Went to uh, came to Louisville. Mm-hmm. And then one day I read in the paper that Orlando, we were going to get Orlando City's USL team. Yeah. And it was quoting Wayne Sopinall in the paper that he was looking for investors. And... I called him. I was like, wow, this is, I don't know what this is, but this is amazing. I want to, this is a pro soccer team. This is a dream come true. I called Wayne and he said, well, uh, we're having a, you know, informational meeting in 30 minutes <laughs> at Mockingbird. <laughs> no rush. No rush. <laughs> he was like, come over here to Mockingbird you be here. To, uh, to the meeting. And I went and I never looked back. I mean, I just, invested $30 million. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's uh so I tell people it's like if you were to go out and buy like a motorcycle mm-hmm. and not tell your wife about it, yeah, and just that's your sort of thing you did, yeah, that's kind of what it was initially, right? And, sure. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not gonna get a motorcycle, so yeah. Like I was like, I want this team to come, and I want to be a part of this. I can't think of um, anything cooler than the concept of. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm emotionally. And mentally invested yeah. in this team, I think it, there's no there's no cooler idea that I have than to be you know legitimately tied to the team to be able to yeah. say that their success is my success, all of that. That's got to be super exciting for you. I mean, as yeah, a sports absolutely. fan growing up and a yeah. soccer player growing up, to say 
I don't care if you own 0.00004% of the team. I don't care what you own. You get to say, I'm a part owner of that team. Yeah, that's that got to awesome. be a guy's feeling. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I mean, I, look, you guys put in this time to do this stuff at Scouse House and the and the Coopers. You bet. And the Derby City Ultras mm. and... Gosh, the, the Cornbread Ultras and, and the Heretics. The heretics yeah. yeah, I mean, all those guys. And to see all that put in and all that time and energy and effort, and I don't really have, I can't do that as much. Sure. So I feel like I'm doing my part a little bit by, you know, doing what yeah. I can to get this thing yeah. off the ground and running and, and maintaining it and, and being the best, best fan I can be. I'm, all, I'm always a bigger fan than I'm anything. Yeah. And... Absolutely, it's something that I'm extremely proud of to be part of and to help bring here. And it's like I feel like it's sort of my contribution to the community. Yeah. I believe in soccer as the future. I believe in you know exercise. I believe in sports as being part and parcel to any successful city, whether it's arts, education, yeah. culture, uh, sporting. It, it's something that we need. Social in activity is. When cultural we, enrichment. When we won the cup, did you just walk around Louisville saying, you're welcome? Yeah. You're welcome. No, it you're was welcome. Monday night. <laughs> and I had to fucking... You're fine. No, you're fine. You it's had happened. to bleep that out. Yeah, it's happened no, before. No, no. Well, it was Monday night, and my lord, I had to go to Nashville the next day for work. Mm. And so I got to sort of relish in the moment a little bit. I didn't get to go on the field. Uh, oh, I, that sucks. Yeah, it was sort of... Because it got scheduled... You know, Monday night. You yeah, know how stuff goes. Yeah. I mean, but I definitely relish that moment. I mean, I it. I'll be honest. When we won that Eastern Conference Final, and to watch that, I oh. mean, the emotions. Were, I still loved that more than I loved oh the final. Gosh. I agree. I agree. But then to hold up that trophy to see that it was, it was a dream come true. And everything that's happened with the team. I mean, with the stadium, with the leadership that we've had. You know. Um, and obviously, we had a, a fabulous coach. Yeah. Um, I don't and know how, I, I I don't know how all these stars align, but it, it's just been the... I couldn't ask for anything more in terms of Why would how you? the trajectory yeah. of the team has gone. And I just hope that we can yeah. keep building it, you know? Um, it's weirdly... Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's weird how everything kind of fell into place. So, and the mayor was behind it, and I, I think Mayor Fisher, you know... He's been an he important part it. of all of this, yeah. yeah. I think his support really made the difference in terms yeah. of the stadium, in terms yeah. of... Uh, well, I think he understands, and, you know, after we interviewed him, and really, like, you know, because Evan and I ask questions to everybody before and after the interview, and, you know, if you have time with the mayor, you're going to ask him just as stuff. much as you can, like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the mayor. Right. Um, but you really get the feeling that he uh, he understands the impact that it has had, and then it can have on the city. Well, I think that it's probably going to have an impact in terms of, you know, there's a lot of talk about NBA to Louisville and all yeah. that. And I think that the more you can demonstrate that a pro team, even a minor league team or a uh, second division team can succeed, the more likely other stuff is to follow. Yeah. And I think yeah. that what you and the rest of the investors did when you brought this team here to us, I think that the difference that that has made in terms of just sort of how Louisville sees itself as a sports town, you can see it slowly changing around town yeah. where people no longer ask me what I'm wearing when I'm wearing a jersey. Right. They're more like, oh, that's right. How are they doing? That yeah. kind of a question instead yeah. of what is that? 
Mm-hmm. You can feel the tide turning, and that's mm-hmm. exciting. Well, and that's the stuff that, because I do the same thing. People, I have the, the little sitting on the back of my car. And people are like, and more and more, it's like, it's not like, who is, it's, uh, what are they? And, you yeah, know, yeah. it turns into, well, it turns into more and more people coming to games. Right. It turns into, sure. yeah, it turns into more fans, and, and that's we, what we want. And we talk constantly about people, you know, if you come once, you're going to come Come once, again. you're coming. Yeah. yeah. But now, Ty, you are, as, a, as an employee, you're for the people. I uh, am. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that about your firm. Yes, that you are for the people. You're literally commercial. And one thing that I'm going to I'm going to admire about the fact that he is for the people is that he is a person who doesn't sit with either supporters group. Now, generally speaking, I would say, "What the heck are you thinking?" Scouse's house has the best seats in the house. Come join us. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, but uh, you don't sit with the Coopers either. And it's unusual to meet somebody who is a legitimate super fan and who is there for every tailgate, who is there for every game, who is a part damn owner of the team, who loves Lou City the way you do, that isn't a part of one of the major supporters groups. It's unusual. And I think that you are probably an honorary uh, or even an official Cooper. I'm a Cooper. And I know that we have made you an honorary Scouse's House member. But I don't know... For sure, I do know for sure that you don't sit with either supporters group. What's up with that? We rock the family zone. Yeah, that's all. That's what we do. You got to get right there by and, that. Uh, and so my little hashtag. It's kind of cute, you know. I didn't know what how it would go over and what we would do, but it's kind of. I call it City Dads. And that's our tailgate. Oh it's, uh, <laughs> it's too cute, Andy. No, it's amazing. That is amazing. Does it count if you are a snake dad like Andy is? Kind of. He's got a dog too. Yeah. <laughs> you and him. Hey, he's got his dog. first anniversary coming up. Let him. It's you know, never know. You're in the street. The magic hey, might happen. Congratulations to Andy for a week and a half from now his uh, first wedding anniversary. I cannot it's, believe. Uh, she hasn't killed me yet. Frank. <laughs> I, I can't either. Did, uh, did you bring the snake or did she? I brought the snake. She brought the dog. Okay. The snake is fourteen years old. At yeah. This point. She's she's kicking it. Yeah. She's been she's been dominating ever since yeah. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got her in Orlando. <clears throat> but that's right. but that's our story. So we always my See. brother-in-law, my uh, two brother-in-laws. Um, and several other uh, other guys that have kids about my kid's age, we just, we go to the family zone. We've slowly but surely, you know, got the kids to watch more of the game. You know, we're up to about 30 minutes of the game. Hey, yeah. every now, little bit. Uh, last year it was 20, you know, and, and they're getting more into the, the play to, play-by-play. Sure. But we got the, you know, we got the snow cones, we got the... Playground. We got the concourse. Yeah. And a lot of good space over there for yeah, us. Yeah, it's just a perfect space for us. So we've always you know, we've always been there. Alright, well um, when when they turn seventeen and are ready to devote themselves to the club fully and are no longer rebelling against dad. Because from 14 to 17, they're not coming to any games. No, no, because no. dad loves it, I'm out. You're going to so, hate them. But when they turn 17 and they get back into the sports, you uh, you come on over to Scouse's house and we'll show you a good time. Bring all the bring all well, the now, games now empty nest kids. So I'll, I'll, I'll You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome anytime. Yeah. 
Um, but we try to make it a family affair, and I would encourage everybody else to absolutely because it's a it's a great family event. You're in and out in two hours, and uh, the tailgate is where it's at with them playing, and the you know yeah sure. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping we have some good tailgate areas in the new. Do your kids have any rhythm? Well, we just started piano. I don't know yet. Well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find we, out. we always are looking for extra drummers. Okay. All right. Um, I will say that uh, it was a very similar experience for me as a child that my dad got me into sports by bringing me constantly to go to the games that I didn't care about. I played sports and I liked playing them, but I didn't want to go and watch pros. Right. As a five-year-old to an eleven-year-old, I didn't really care enough. I wanted to hang out with my friends or whatever. But the experience of going to the games became so ingrained into me. And the experience of spending time with my dad who wanted to spend time with me and uh, to share this with me. By the time I became an adult, that's why I love sports so much as an adult is because that was bred into me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exactly what you're talking about. It's great family time. I mean, we have the in-laws. We have the cousins. I mean, we... We get everybody out, and it's our family time. Yeah, you know, so it, it is nice, and it's a good way to congregate. And soccer yeah. is the best sport for that because you know, a clean two hours, and you're out. That's right. You're, you're not. You're not going to be yeah. stuck there for you know a inning fourteen inning, inning baseball inning. game. Yeah, it's not going to be you know eleven timeouts after <clears throat> the two minute warning. You know, it's you are you're going to get there 45, 15, 45, 5, out. And it's like it, I feel like. You know, it was a great lesson for the kids on, you know, at Toronto. We lose 4-1. to one. They know it's the last place team. We kind of sure. been bantering about the, you know. And it's a great lesson for them to know that, look, you can't win every game. You pick your you pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You get back out there and you fight and you work hard. Mm-hmm. And that's what is going to, you know, so it's a good learning experience too. Especially when stuff like that happens. Right. When something unexpected happens and you have Especially a bad something game. negative, yeah. Yeah. And so I think A lot of teachable moments. I yeah. agree. I agree totally. And uh Man, I hope that Andy and I never have children and we have to try to... We're, gonna, we're just going to bring Ty in as a pinch hitter if we accidentally, I mean, officially do. Um, Ty, do you want this kid? He did, he, did, he did mention a special word in there called banter. And before we can get to banter, briefly, we're going to allow Andy to ask his question, which uh, in the pre-interview we've already learned is not something that Ty has a great deal of interest mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So we're yeah. going to let... Uh, let uh, Andy fudge through this. Which is why happens. I'm not going to ask him this question. What? Oh, you're gonna, are you going old school on us? I am going old school. What? I am. So DC versus Marvel is out for this week. For this week, for Ty, throwback. I had already thought about my favorite comic book character. <laughs> what like, is it? Now just out of curiosity. It's that guy that he has a... <laughs> it's a promising start. <laughs> He's the guy that has the Walkman. The guy that likes music. Uh, Star Lord. Yeah, from Guardian. Guardian, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Guardian. Night. Yes. Marvel. <laughs> killed our host. So I'll I'll give you because I like his Walkman and his music and well, he has great taste. And his and his mom gave him the tape. Yeah. right. So that's yeah. really cool. So I like yeah. that guy. I was waiting for him to name some super obscure superhero like Booster Gold. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to go Star back Lord, to the great. first one. I'm going to go back to the first one. Going all the way back. All it's a the throwback way back. Wednesday. Throwback. Oh, oh my Order scarf? Damn. Yeah. If yeah. you had to fight. If you had to fight either a male silverback gorilla. 
or a full-grown reticulated python. Your only weapon is your supporter scarf. Who do you pick? And why? So how big is that snake? Is it like your snake? Full no, grown would be no, like twenty rip. plus feet. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, it's we're a talking big python. They eat cows. We're talking like waist thick. Yeah. They eat, they regularly eat livestock. Hmm. You more scared of snakes or fighting a giant ass gorilla? I feel like I'm more inclined to go. Um, Gorilla. He's going to fight the gorilla. Andy pulls the question out of nowhere. Yes! Brings it back and gets the answer he's always been looking for. Yes! I feel like I might be able to sneak in enough to get on his back. That is my exact reasoning for wanting to fight the gorilla. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Holy crap, Ty! A snake is like a prehistoric monster. I mean, you cannot... <laughs> I legitimately didn't know Andy was going to do this. I legitimately didn't know this was going to be Ty's response. And I'm legitimately shocked right now that this is happening. You are the first person who has ever yeah. said that Chose they the truly wanted yeah. to fight the gorilla. There are people who tongue-in-cheek said they'd fight the gorilla to curry favor with Andy. No, but no, no one you're, you're legitimate. My, my reasoning is that you fight the gorilla. My My... And here's why. Lance McGarvey has always wanted your official reasoning. And Lance, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> We're getting it. Male silverback gorilla. They're huge. They're strong. I get it. I think that if you can get behind him. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Wrap it around and choke him out. Because yeah. the, that gorilla, yeah, he's going to do a lot of this. That was good radio right there. He's Andy gonna was, do a lot of swinging. Andy was, Andy was flailing his arms around for the record. But I'm saying that like he's not if you he's not gonna get you. And if you can choke him out, you're good. That snake, yeah. you're not gonna be faster than him. Even if you get the scarf around him, what are you gonna do? It's they're basically all neck and a tail. Like can you not, grab its head somehow? Basically, like a well, little bit of a little bit It wouldn't matter because it's a twenty foot snake is gonna curl around you and you're done. It's it a living it scarf. It doesn't matter. I'm saying gorilla. Alright. You guys are both morons. No, <laughs> dude! No. You guys are both idiots. <laughs> well, how are you gonna take down the snake? The way you're gonna take down the snake is you've got to lawyer the hell out of him. You've got to you've got to dodge it once. It's gonna strike at you. Yes, you got to dodge it once, and then you grab it here on the neck, right behind the head. I've watched. I've watched Steve Irwin. You're not Steve Irwin. I might not be, but I'm definitely not Jane Goodall either. And I'm saying that you can grab a snake behind the neck, and you can control where it's going from there. What I can't do is control 800 pounds of angry with opposable thumbs and and fight no. and brains. A snake can't think past, oh, there's a shiny thing. I'm going to attack it. A gorilla uses freaking tools. They, they are terrifying beasts. Yeah. Whereas a snake has one thing it can do. No. I'm going to grab you. Oh wait, that didn't work. I'm no, fucked. But that one Sorry, thing the snake can do, <laughs> the one thing that snake 
that snake can do, they're really good at it. Yeah, and but a gorilla can rip grab your damn neck, arms off. It doesn't matter if you grab its neck. It's got 20 more feet of body to be like, oh, well, this idiot has decided to grab my head. What? I guess I'll just use all this to, to, to wrap around yeah, and crush it. Yeah, but 20 feet of its body has to get a hold of you. Gorilla, you dodge it once. We are getting enough. into the weeds, <laughs> and it is super late. Bottom this line. Is the weeds. Bottom line. Ty has the best answer. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, we're all going to agree to disagree on this. Uh, I do, even though we're running into this point, I don't give a damn. This no. is a great okay. pod. I've enjoyed this one thoroughly. Ty, you've done a great job. Andy, this has been energetic and entertaining. If you're not liking this pod, you don't like our pod at all anyway. So I do want to get to my uh, banter just because I want to share. I promised on Twitter that I would share a special historical nugget. And I'm going to. An important one. Frankly. It is. For those of you who are all sitting Somebody around. Somebody was waiting for this for two hours. Yeah. We had a cu- I had a couple of responses on the uh, on the Twitter that uh, that people people care a little. They've been doing that, that, that plus 30, plus 30, yeah. plus 30, plus 30. Yeah. The they're they're, they're yeah. trying to get here. They put us on uh, two and a half speed tonight. There it Not is. Not 1.6. They put us on two and a half speed to get to this. Uh and I think this is important to remember. If you're feeling down about the team and where we're at, we just lost a bad game to a bad team at home, and it yeah. sucks. We lost by three goals to a non-playoff team, and that hurts. It was August 28th. That was yesterday when it happened, so two days ago now, if you're probably listening to this on Thursday. I want to remind you that last year, at this exact time, we were in second place still at that point last year. Mm-hmm. We lost a game on August 26th, two days earlier, one year ago. The same number game, game 25 for us. Mm-hmm. We lost at home to Orlando City B by three goals, three to nothing. Ooh, that was a tough one. I it was remember a, that. It was a crap game. Yeah. We played terrible. We felt bad about it. It was a non-playoff team beating us at home by three goals. Mm. You want to hear where the parallels Resulted continue? in the best Louisville City gif ever, though, with Oscar. <laughs> Oscar <laughs> picking up the ball to throw it to that guy for the yeah. throw-in. And nails <laughs> him right in the head. In the, head. <laughs> the parallels go deeper, though. Not only did we lose a, three nothing, or a game by three goals at home to a non-playoff team, the week before our previous game, which was three days earlier, just like in this case. Mm-hmm. So back-to-back games, we had beaten a team five to nothing, not six nothing. I'm sorry, but we had wow. just beaten Penn five right. to nothing. We were riding high, feeling great about the team. We thought, hey, we're on our we're on a roll. We're doing great, and then we lost a crap home game to Orlando City B by three goals. From mm-hmm. that point, for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. We won nine games. We drew three games. We only lost one more game the entire year to Orlando. Mm. But we won the we won the cup. Yeah. At this exact point in the season, we were in the exact same situation. All right, to be fair, we were closer to first place than we are now. But still, beyond that, we had just come off a big win. We lost a crap home game. We were, and then the following game was against Charleston, yeah. just like it is in this situation. We went on to beat Charleston that day. One nothing. One nothing. The takeaway from this: we are still 
not in panic mode. Everybody! No, there's I've, a lot of points on the board still. I've read so much crap. Now, I, I talked about how I have rose-tinted glasses when it comes to Lou City, and I do. I love this team, and I'm always going to see better in them than they deserve sometimes, and that's fine. We are in a great position right now. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're looking at playoff games. You're looking at at least a couple of home playoff games. You are you own the team that is ahead of you in the standings in, in Cincinnati who don't want to play us. They want no part of us. In the playoffs, we're in a great position here. We've got a couple of winnable games, and we've also got a three-game stretch against the three teams that are most important we to got us: a Charleston, yeah. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Those three games, you get out of those three games with, let's call it, four points. I mean, honestly, I'm not even trying to be greedy in this instance. You get a win and a draw. Yeah. You know, I'm and a loss. That's fine. You're in fine shape to be a top three seed, to have a home first playoff game, and then you're going to have to play a tough game. You just are. We had six games following that against bad teams. Bottom table teams. Atlanta's in there. Toronto's back in there. North Carolina, Penn. Yeah, Uh, playing some not great teams. We got Indy at home last. Yeah. Yeah. And and that will probably be for playoff seeding for both teams. Yeah. We're not in bad shape, guys. The parallels to last year are immense. We were just starting to get healthy. We were just starting to figure out our rotation and our formation. This is about the time we went to the three-man back line last year. We had been playing four, 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 and then we went to the three-man back line and went on a great run because we changed our formation. Coach Hack comes in, and he's been messing with the formation. I think we're going to find a good one. I don't have any objection to where we're at right now in the season. And all the doom and gloomers about losing a crap game to a crap team Man, we've lost crap teams to crap games before. We did it last year and went on to win the cup. Yeah. Settle down. There are games left to be played. This coach is still learning this team. This team is still learning this coach. And we're in good position if we get hot five weeks from now to go on a nice deep run again. I do want to say, given the last two months of being in the weird position that we've been in, it would have been easy for any other team to crumble. Yeah, could right? have like, up shop. Any other team could have been like, well, we don't have a coach. Yeah. Uh, well, our players are a coach. Well, we now we have this new coach. But we have stayed consistent and strong through all of that. The triumvirate did such a great job of keeping this team together. But here's the thing. If it was still the triumvirate when this stretch had started of five games in 13 days... We wouldn't have two extra bodies that have been stealing minutes from some of our right. key players. That We wouldn't. I'm sorry. Those guys did an amazing job. I'm thrilled with how yeah. they performed. Great coaches. But they weren't out there signing players, bringing in bodies to help with us. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, also, they would have continued to play James O'Connor's system the rest of the year. Yeah. Maybe that'll work. Maybe. And maybe Coach Hack ends up doing that. But... At least we have somebody who can plan something different. Kojak can start putting his imprint on this group of guys and figure out which of these guys are his kind of guys for next year. Right. Because I love this team, and I have a deep and abiding passion for all the guys who play for it. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys aren't coming back next year. No. Some of them are moving them up. Some of them are, some of them are going to retire. Some of them are going to go to other teams. Some of them, Coach just won't want back because they're not his kind of player. That's fine. You can start figuring that out over the next couple of weeks, and we are right where we were last year, 
everything is fine. Everybody quit panicking. Yeah. I hated the way we played in that game. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think we played well. I didn't think the tactics were good. I didn't think the substitutions were good. I'm not delusional. But I'm also not worried. No, I'm not worried at all. No. No. These guys have shown how they can they, how they deal with adversity and Yeah, our yeah. bounce back is incredible. It is. Yep. I remember you know, when James, at least in the James O'Connor era, after after a loss, I mean, you were I, I would have gone to Vegas and put the house on the next yep. game. <clears throat> I think they'll have that fire too. Yeah, after I this. do. I think yeah, Charleston's going to be a fun game. I really do. I think two I hope it opens up a little bit, you know. It'll be great. Um but so Ty, for the new stadium, have you talked to them about building a uh, minority owner's box yet? <laughs> yeah, right. Minority owner's box? No, I don't get any discount on anything like that. That is so, that's miserable. Ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. What is... Get your act together, Where is city. the justice in this world? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, we were thrilled to have you tonight. I know we ran late. I don't care. No, this was I a know. fun podcast. I, I, like I like talking with you guys. So this has been a blast. Great. Yeah. Uh, Guys, if you haven't come out for a tailgate to uh, the general area over to the right slash left. The only grass area we have the right grass now. Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, frankly, I thought in particular that the uh, tailgate for the Nashville game was incredible. I yeah. That there were so many bodies there. Oh, we had there. a great... And sorry, by the way, because Andy almost <laughs> tripped. We've added a generator to our tailgate. You guys have almost brought this up heat. three times tonight. I've almost brought it up and decided to put sorry, it. Sorry about that. Well, we haven't exactly figured out where to put it, and there's cords, and so and it's loud, but it it adds to the tailgate, obviously. Okay. We got fans, we got stuff plugged in. I don't know what's there's, going on. There's a but, subtle irony to a lawyer almost unintentionally killing me. I just want to say... <laughs> Well, I told you I'm a limited, <laughs> limited liability. I'm a, I'm a tailgate liability specialist. <laughs> That's actually what he does for the people. That's it. <laughs> no, we've, we've had a great time tonight. Uh, Let me give a plug for the grassy area. Do it. I was going to uh, ask if you had anything. Well, for the new work. stadium, there's going to be, and I made sure about this when I was asking about it, there's going to be a really easily accessible walk. From the Big Four lawn, which is going to be great, and the Big Four bridge, yeah, to the stadium district, and I think there's just going to be a lot of areas that we'll have a lot of fun in pregame. Yeah, they're going to lend place. themselves to so, some great tailgates. I cannot yeah. wait for that stadium. Uh, crap, we're so excited! I get excited every time I drive by it. Yeah. just seeing it. That's uh, beyond my wildest dream. I mean, Brad has a team, and then and then to be able to be a part of that. Is unbelievable. Brad Estes tweeted a picture about two weeks ago that uh, was captioned, uh, just taking in the scenery from Scouse's house. And uh, because he was standing where our area is going to be in the new stadium. And uh, every time I think oh, about that, God. I get amped up. The fact that uh, we went from having nothing, uh, all credit always to the Coopers yeah. for their help. But uh, the fact that we went from having nothing to a group of men and women who said, I am going to bring a soccer team to this city and I will do what I can and support it how I can, whether it's financially or emotionally or uh, whether it was, you know, ecumenically or grammatically. I don't care how you supported the team. I don't care how you supported the team. You got people praying for it. You don't? Anyway. Archbishop is probably like, oh, please. 
<laughs> Seriously, everybody, this has been a blast of a podcast. I'm going to post in the uh, description, put it on 1.8 speed tonight. <laughs> yeah. But we had so much fun. Ty, you've been a great the guest. The Nugget is at about two hours three. <laughs> if you're trying to get to the Nugget, I think it's at 151. Yeah. But no, it's... Uh, Seriously, Thank you all for having me. Absolutely, yeah, this has been awesome. It's always nice to talk to somebody who loves the team and uh, doesn't hate us. So yeah. uh, we always say one thing at the end of every podcast, and that is, uh, "Go, Go City." City! <laughs>